0: so the lord um impressed upon my heart something unusual this week and i began to look at the scripture and it's pretty awesome um but he spoke to me and said that we're now entering um, a spiritual uh revolutionary war a spiritual revolutionary war so you know i had civics class Sometimes, come on, y'all. I didn't go to every class. You had to at least go to some of the classes to pass in order to graduate. But you know that was that's another story. All right. But um, I went back and I started looking at what the Revolutionary War was, and it's pretty simple. But what came in my spirit was something unusual that I want to talk about today, and that is, of course, that was the time that the British were coming to fight uh, the Americans that were here at that time um, and, uh, either to pull them back or to take them completely out because of the rebellion to the King. And, um, it was 1775 and it was at the place of, um, Concord and Lexington and they were going to fight. And the first shot that was shot was from the Americans. That was in 1775 and you remember Schoolhouse Rock? You remember the, the, the little stories they tell you little, when kids, you grew up in Schoolhouse Rock and you knew all the songs and stuff? It's in one of those songs. And it's about a man that went into a poem and um, I think Ralph Emerson is the one who, who wrote the poem, but about, it's called this, The Shot Heard Round the World. Who's ever heard that before? The Shot Heard Round the World. Because it was such a significant battle, such a significant fight, that that first shot, that initial shot, was a, a uh, saying that we're in defiance. We are not going back. They were we were here to exercise our religious freedoms and our independence from things that we felt were unfair, especially to Christians at that time. And a lot of those that fought were Christians. Not all of them, but a lot of them were. But they were they were in love with the idea of independence and freedom. And so when the British came, it was a shot heard round the world at Lexington and Concord what was interesting to me because what was in my spirit to minister today to you was that when a gun is fired and this shot was heard around the world okay not really literally but spiritually I believe that there needs to be some sort of how do I say this spiritual shot that we fire in the realm of the spirit that gets attention the attention of the whole wide world of a revolutionary war against the devil in his hordes of, of hell. Somebody say amen. And that we're exercising our independence and our freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe this. And so when a gun is fired and you hear that shot, that's called a gun report. Or it's the report of a firearm. A report. And um, a report, gun report, is the evidence that a shot has been fired by the aggressive noise it makes piercing through the atmosphere. Y'all don't want to hear this this morning. I think you do, though. So when we praise, I said, when we praise, I said, when we praise. It's like an aggressive shot in the realm of the spirit. When a people who have been put down, been broke down, who've been marginalized, cast to the side, make up their mind, they're gonna praise their God anyways. It's a shot heard around the world or in the atmosphere of the spirit realm. It's evidence, it's proof shifted something has just changed when we praise it goes through something called the second heaven our God dwells in the third heaven why the third heaven it's the last heaven there's nothing higher than that and our God is the most high God someone say amen But you see there's this little g gods in the world that still think they have power and authority and the only authority they have is the authority we as mankind give them and they they have lofty places called the second heaven and it's there they like to rule and raid, they want a bird's eye view like God does but they'll never have the same view, they'll never have the same opinion and they'll never have the same discernment of our God and so they're always looking at the affairs of man how to attack how to strategize against earth and God's plan and God's kingdom and sometimes it looks like you got your back up against a wall. Or prophetically speaking, in this case, up against the Red Sea. And you can't push forward. But when you praise, when you lift up a shout to God, in the midst of your problem, your trial, your circumstance, you are piercing through the second heaven, and God hears the report of... Come on! his people somebody shout yes title of my message this morning is praise report somebody say shots fired shots fired father in the name of jesus christ we give you praise and glory for all that you've done thus far in this service lord god thank you for your anointing Thank you for your presence. Thank you for lifting your people out of the places of the despair, Lord God. And bringing us great hope during this time. We give you the thanks and glory, Lord God. Let this message be prophetic, but let it be of your spirit, I pray. That it may minister life and hope, Lord God, and even challenge us, Lord God, I pray. And especially challenging the enemy. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Hallelujah. I want us to look over at 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And verse number one, we're going to walk through this together, and we'll go as far as we can go today. It happened after this that the people of Moab, the people of Ammon, and others with them beside the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from the beyond the sea from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. So we have here Jehoshaphat, who's the king of Judah during this, this time, and uh, he had been to war, and he had, he fought all the battles God told him to fight. And here he is enjoying the peace that he so desired in his kingdom. So it was a great time of peace and prosperity for Israel. They've been obeying God. They've been, they fought the fights they were supposed to fight, and they won their victories. They are now healing from their wounds of war, and they are experiencing peace in the land. All of us want peace, and all of us enjoy peace peace on some level. Some of us are a little made differently. Like, I like to have a little bit of havoc, a little bit of trouble, amen. And if there ain't some, I'll start some. Hallelujah. That's been my personality, hallelujah, my whole life. But for the most part, I like peace too, right? I want peace. Jehoshaphat, he's enjoying peace. He, doesn't, he ain't trying to hear bad news. He don't want to hear that something's not going right, especially in his kingdom. He has to answer for his kingdom. So he's at a place of peace, and he is really unprepared for battle because he believed he had fought the wars he was supposed to f- fight and he was, they were over. So he wasn't in a place of going on the offense. They were only in a defensive position making sure their walls were protected and so on and so forth. Now I want to make this statement. Sometimes you don't choose the battle. Sometimes the battle ends up choosing you. And we have here the case with Jehoshaphat. He didn't choose this, but it was chosen for him. And if anything's ever chosen for you, you need not fear because you know then, especially during those times, God is with you. God will only draw you in a war that you are capable of winning. Okay? Okay. But the next thing the Bible says here, and I didn't give them the actual verses breakdown. Maybe they can stay with me. Maybe not. I'll read it. It says, and Jehoshaphat feared. So as soon as he heard that he was encamped about, as soon as he heard the Moabites, Ammonites, and the otherites were around them, surrounding them, um, he began to fear in his heart. Because he knew he was not in a position for battle. He was unprepared for the war. Okay. And I heard the Lord say this uh, yesterday as I was preparing this. He said, ask the people, what are you afraid of? Did you think you were in charge of the last battle you were in? And do you think that you'll be in charge of this one too? And I felt like the Lord, as he said that to me, I knew that your response would be like mine, but I felt that he was challenging us, issuing a challenge that even though it looks like insurmountable odds that are against you or against the people of God or your personal circumstance or against America or the world, whatever the case may be, even though that may be the case, just know that God is in it to win it. When God backs you, he'll see you all the way through. And evidently, there's something about you like there was with Gideon. There was something in Gideon he did not know. He had no clue that he was a mighty man of valor. He's a farmer trying to protect his little world, his little, his farming, uh, little pea patch, the Bible says. That's all he was. he, he, he He felt he was the least of his tribe of Manasseh, that he had nothing really to offer. And yet an angel says, God has chosen you for war. He didn't choose the war. The war chose him. What I'm to say to you is God chose him for the battle. So he's able to get 30,000 people. He finally believes what God tells him is going to happen. He, he believes that he's a mighty man of valor, but he doesn't know what he's doing. But he gets 30,000 people. That's quite a lot of people. And God said, no, nope, that's not what I want. Because if you can win with 30,000, then you win by yourself. And you didn't need me at all. He said, whittle this baby down to 300 and then we'll talk. That's a hard one, but he has to do it by faith. And so by faith he does that. And of course we know he gets the victory. It's a story for another time. But my point to you is this, fear will come. When you feel like you're being overwhelmed by this warfare or battle that's around you, whether it could be a health battle, a mental battle, a financial battle, it could be a a marital battle, whatever it may be happening. Fear will blind you, if you allow it, to, to, to what God is able to accomplish through you. Fear will stun you. Fear will immobilize your ability to make sound decisions. Start making fear decisions, which is always going to be about um, what I'm looking for uh, uh, self-preservation. Um, uh, you're always going to want to preserve yourself when you're in fear. And they may know what God wants to do in that moment. Fear will give you a vision of impending doom. Fear is visionary. And it always shows you the worst case scenario that can happen in your life. Everybody say this, say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now put your hands together and rejoice that no fear dwells in you. No fear dwells in you. So Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, set himself, next part of the verse, set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Judah. Church, the way you deal with fear is making your focus God and God alone. Did you hear me? He set himself to seek the Lord. He made sure that I'm right now in a moment of crisis or trial and therefore I don't have time for entertainment. I don't have time to be hanging with my friends right now. I don't have time to be doing my little games on my phones right, my phone right now. This is the time i got to seek the Lord. i got to set myself, make up my mind, get my priorities set that it's God first and everything else comes second. And sometimes it's just God, 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 God all day long until you get the victory. Crisis requires the Christ, not the CNN, not the Fox, (laughs) not the social media. Crisis requires the Christ. And the Lord will show up, call to me, and I'll answer you. But we got to do what? We got to focus on him. We got to call to him. We can't assume, well, it came through for me last time. You're going to do it again. That's just that we can assume that's a good thing to assume that in faith. But the truth is, at some point, you got to get aggressive and tell your mind you're not going that direction. You're not going to hang it over here. You're not going to do that with your life. Right now, it's all God. Because when you're in the fire, you better hope to God you see a fourth man in the fire. You need Christ in the crisis. Call to me, and I'll answer you, and I'll show you. Great. Everybody say great. Great. That word in Hebrew means bapsar, is the word bapsar, and it means I will show you things to come, things that are just outside of your reach, things that have been isolated from you, things that you just, you can almost touch it with your fingertips, but you can't get a grasp on God said those things that you've been so close to, if you'll call to me, I will what? Answer you, and I'll show you the bapsar, the things that are not easily reached, I will put in your hand. How many has got that kind of vision, like, you're so close. Ooh, you're just so close. You can, ah, you can smell it. How many has been close to a restaurant and you go, ooh, somebody's cooking some steaks. You're so close, but it's just not there yet. Some of you are in that spot right now. You're so close. You can smell it. You can taste it. You can almost touch it. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from the cities of Judah, and they came to seek the Lord. They made up their mind, not just them, but everybody in their life. We're all going to seek God. Your kids need to be seeking God with you. There's just something powerful about our unity together. And by the way, all of Judah came together. Do you know what Judah means? Help me out, somebody. It means praise. Anytime you read about Judah, you can put the word praise in there. So praise came together. Oh, come on, somebody. And praise began to seek the Lord. Through our praise, we begin to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the, of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are, he's praying now, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might? So that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, corona, or famine... Will we stand before this temple and in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. He's setting it up. He's saying, God, you're awesome. God, you're amazing. God, you made promises and you've kept your promises. And now, here's where the prayer shifts. This is where most of us go. <laughs> and now, here are the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel invade. When we had opportunity to take him out, you wouldn't let us do it. We trusted you. You're all powerful. You're all knowing. You're almighty. You always deliver us. Then why in the world have you set us up like this to fail? He already had it in his head. He's going to fail. When fear grips you, it always says you're going down. Is this okay this morning? I think I'm talking some truth here. Some of you might be feeling this right now. So you know God's powerful, but somehow you feel like God has made it personal against you. As if God will do it for everybody else, but he won't do it for you. Something bad wrong about you. Something that you just can't reconcile with God. Something God always wants to pick on you. You ever met those kind of people? How you doing? Meet him in the grocery store. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Went for that devil beat me up all week. That's too bad. I'll be praying for you. God bless you. You you don't have a lot more can you say to that? I'll be praying for you in Jesus' name. Year later, running to him at the gas station. How you doing? Man, I've been doing all right. That that doggone devil wasn't beating my brains out all week long. Three years later they come to your church want to say hi to you. Shake your hand. Good message. All that stuff. How you doing? That devil has been attacking me for the last six months. When are you gonna get the victory? People like that always feel like God's allowing evil to interrupt their life all the time. That's not God. God wants to give you victory. God wants to bring you more than enough. You are a hooper canale. You are more than a conqueror. This is what God wants for you. And me. Amen. Lord, I would have, we'd have happily taken them out, but you, you didn't want to surround You allowed this to happen, all this calamity and trouble and trial and problems. And, you know, we had opportunity, but you allowed them, and now here they are invading us. And, 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 and they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned, uh, it says here, and, and now here they are, and it says uh, you, you would not let Israel invade when they came out of Egypt. But they turned from them and, and did not destroy them. And here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession which you have given to us to inherit. O our, oh, our God, will you not judge them? Well, now, okay, he's starting to shift a little bit here. By the way, and I don't mean to get into this right now, but there's something called imprecatory prayers. Imprecatory prayers. I'm say saying that, imprecatory. It's kind of fun. And Imprecatory prayers are judgment prayers. You know you can actually issue judgment prayers against your enemy? I don't know about that. I don't know how we're going to do that. Look, uh, Read the book of Psalms. Almost the whole book... Our imprecatory prayers, it's saying, God, curse our enemy. God, judge those that judge you. God, those who have caused my harm. Lord, they have dug a ditch for me to fall in. May they fall into the very ditch they dug. That's an imprecatory prayer. You know, we ought to be waking up every morning, not waiting for hell to come and raise his ugly head against us, but giving hell to hell every single day of our lives. We should be on the offense, not the defense. Somebody say amen to this. I judge you, you don't judge me. And this message, I don't have time to get all this, but I'm telling you something. Some of you being harassed in the night season, it's nothing but a demon from hell. Somebody probably in your family you don't even know at all got you on Facebook, got your picture, and doing some sort of hex or vex or whatever they do, and saying some sort of evil over you. Do you know how easy it is to get rid of that stuff? Just in the middle of the night, say, I banged you. Most of y'all are looking for quill. I got to get some sleep. <laughs> get up in the middle of the night and rebuke it in the name of Jesus and pray in the spirit until you fall asleep. I promise you the devil, boom, pew, he's gone. Easy, it's easy. But we don't recognize that kind of power that we have. We have imprecatory power, imprecatory, imprecatory. That's fun to say, imprecatory. For we have no power against this great multitude. Well, they they felt powerless. That is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all praise Judah with their little ones and their wives, their children stood before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Aniah, the son of Jeiel, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. You're not going down. God's setting you up for the biggest breakthrough you've had yet. That battle could not have happened in those days. It could only occur now in the place where you feel the most vulnerable because where you're weak, I am strong. For the battle is not yours But the Lord's, it's God's. The revelation you need to receive this morning is the battle you are in is not the, the, number one, the battle that is in any intention for you to lose. The battle is the Lord's. If it's the Lord's, it means he set it up for your victory and for his glory tomorrow. He lays out the strategy. Go down against them. They will surely come up the ascent of, Ziz, of it, Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerusalem. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. We also heard that at where? We saw that at the Red Sea. Stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. Who is with you? Oh, Judah, praise, and Jerusalem. Jerusalem means what? Peace. How many knows when you praise, you get Peace. So, O oh, praise and peace, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go against them, for the Lord is with you. And Joseph had bowed his head, his with face to the ground, and all of praise and the habits of peace bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of Kohathites Col- and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So that they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and it, as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, "Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of peace, hear me, praise, hear me, peace. Believe in the Lord your God." Do they have this? The, yes. It's, what, what? Can you read that last part? Second Chronicles. What? By all accounts, we're still in twenty twenty. God's got some time to work. So I'm going say amen. amen. says this. It says, hear me, O Judah, inhabitants of praise and peace. Believe in the Lord your God. This is 2020. And you shall be established. Calls to be recognized and accepted. To be set into a secure position. That's what established means. When you believe the Lord. Watch this. Believe his what? Prophets. And you shall what? Prosper. Now watch it. 2020. And when he had consulted with the people and appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went up before the the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Come on. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. One more time. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They begin to praise God loud and high, unashamed, didn't matter how they looked to nobody, didn't have a shield, didn't have a knife, didn't have a sword, didn't have a sling, just had what? A praise to God in their mouth. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing, when they began to sing and praise God, there was a what? There was a what? A report. It was a shot, shot over the bowels of heaven. It went from a natural battle to a spiritual warfare that broke out in the spirit. I'm here to tell you, we've been fighting the devil like he's got flesh and blood. We're fighting our counselors. We're fighting our business people. We're fighting the bank. We're fighting the government. We need to get back in the true war, and that's in the spirit. And when you praise God, it, it sends a report in heaven, and God hears and sends angels at the sound of that praise report and calls what? The Lord, everybody said the Lord, set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against the people's praise. And they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Seir, and they were utterly destroyed and killed. In other words, God caused it that so much confusion in their ranks that they started killing one another. That's why you stay out of the drama on social media. When it starts, you back up. And you issue a praise to God. and the same people been attacking you, you watch and see, God will cause confusion amongst them, and they'll begin to attack each other and leave you alone. <laughs> is this okay this morning? I see my time is gone, but I defeat that in the name of Jesus. With my praise, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm gonna send an imprecatory prayer. Pregatory prayer on that time right now. <laughs> Church, you've got to learn to give God a praise not when you get the breakthrough, but before you get the breakthrough. They were told to shout and praise before they could see anything changing. We talk about the faith of Jehoshaphat. We talk about the faith of the man of God who gave the word. What about the praisers? What about their faith? They had to actually go out there and praise with no weapons. I'd be like, uh, you, you started. You know, you started. Praise hey, him. You know, the truth is they had to go out there with faith. You And they shouted the praise of God. And God did something supernatural to get them out. This is not just singing cool songs. I don't even know that. That was a made-up song right then and there. Praise is something that comes from your heart. And you can sing a praise song too. That's fine but there's something about when it comes up out of your own spirit. And we praise him before. Fear not, Joel says, chapter two. Fear not, O lands, but be glad and rejoice. That's praise. For the Lord has done marvelous things. In other words, it hasn't happened yet. He's giving you the former rain, and he will give you the latter rain. But sing, rejoice, and be glad that it's on its way. Praise opens the door. Door for the supernatural to begin to happen in your world and it defeats your enemies or anything that's trying to block it is it that simple pastor 110% yes it's always been that simple and you say well isn't it about prayer and prophetic declarations and also about fasting and about giving it's all those things but I found out unless I'm willing to praise first I can't hear God what to do next so my praise opens me up as well as it opens everything else. And by the way, let me just close it off with this and say this. Remember Joshua was told to go up against Jericho? The first city they were to fight out of, 10, out of 10 battles was the city of Jericho. Jericho was unusual because Jericho was a big place, and Jericho was a fortified city. It had a wall that was so thick. You ready? Watch me now. It was so thick on the top of the wall that they would have, they would have chariot races, seven thick of horses and men and crowds on top of the wall. So big that people had apartments. They were the first townhouses. People lived in the wall. They were guarded. They were protected. And you have a ragtag bunch of slaves that came out of Egypt and that don't know nothing how to fight, really. And, and, uh, but what they have is the word of the Lord, and God says, attack it. Yeah. With what? Right. Look at it, God. It would be it would be like it would be like one of the a, a lower nation trying to attack a third world nation trying to attack America. It would just like be a rock. It would hit the wall and be the, and be the end of it, right? It's an unfair battle. But God said, "Do this." Oh, but here's how you do it. I'm going to give you a supernatural plan. God will give you a supernatural plan. What does He say? He said, "What I want you to do is for seven days you're going to walk around the wall, one time each day. But on the seventh day you're going to walk around it seven times." And when you walk around the seventh time, I want the horns to blow and I want the people to begin to shout my praise. Can you imagine every single day watching this group of people walk around your city in the, in the, in the, in the Jericho time saying, uh, you know, uh, crazy people outside protesting uh, our, 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 the, our way of life, saying they're going to take us down. And people reading this stuff going, this is a joke, right? It looked like a joke. But God was not in the jokey mood. Do what I tell you to do. I know it looks ridiculous. It's not about you. I need you to do what I say because it's about faith. Just do what I ask you to do. They walk around in six days and walk around seven times in the seventh day, and they go seven more times that day, or six more times, so as seven times in the seventh day. And then they shout. And in their shout, their praise, the Bible says, and the walls came down, which means they fell flat. They didn't tumble down. Like, and the walls came and tumbling down. We were kids. We heard that song. No, no. They fell flat like an elevator shaft going straight into the ground. And God exposed their enemies. And they had the power and ability by God. The kings began to bow their knees. Just exactly what he told Joshua was going to happen, it happened in that moment. The battle of Jericho teaches us that sometimes you have to shout, shout God's praise when you are up against the wall. You gotta shout God's praise when it feels like you're going in circles. You gotta shout God's praise when your circumstances seem to mock you. You gotta shout God's praise when your rational mind thinks this plan doesn't make any sense shout God's praise. Even if it's the last thing you feel like doing, you shout God's praise because what happens, you kick over to Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. They may not have this, but it's in the Amplified Bible. I love this. It says, and the joy of the Lord, the joy that comes from knowing he is present with you and has gone before you to work things out in your favor is your strength. Can I say that one more time? You can look it up. Nehemiah 8.10, Amplified. The joy of the Lord, the joy that comes from knowing he is present with you and has gone before you to work things out in your favor is your strength. Paul and Silas locked in the inner prison, chained to the wall, feet chained in fetters, hands chained up up against their wall, sitting there in a place of what did we do? all we did is do what God had. They could have had the biggest attitude with God, saying this is how you treat your people, but the Bible says late in the midnight hour they begin to sing praises unto their God and as they sang the praise to God, God, watched this, there was a praise report that went through the second heaven, echoed into the ears of God, and God sent help out of Zion and shattered and broke the chains that had them bound and set them free. Somebody lift up a shout! Hallelujah. I, um, issued a prophetic word on thursday and i want to say our thursday numbers climb throughout the week I, I need to see more people live y'all just be i need you there i need to feel it i need you there our numbers have dropped down the live and i, I like live because that's better for me you say well that's not better for me i get it but it used to be so just make it better again I, because don't control me pastor i'm going to control you a little bit hallelujah i need to so because it helps me And so, and I need you liking it and sharing it. Don't be embarrassed or ashamed, okay? People enjoy this stuff far and wide. It really is true. And so, um, I need you there on Thursday nights because I'm speaking more prophetically on Thursdays. Just happened to be a prophetic day today. And I felt that coming in. And this morning, Bobby Joe ended up giving me a really awesome word. So I knew it was going to even be more prophetic. But I I had this word. I want to share it just for a minute here. And then we're going to pray, receive our offering, and go. Um... I had issued this word to the um, the watchers. Uh, this is back in September 22nd, 7th, 27th. And I showed up in the impromptu. I was not scheduled to show up. And they meet on Sundays. And it's a smaller group. And so it's kind of dark in here like it would be for prayer time. And people just begin to they take the altar. They're on the platform. They're walking around. And um, I just snuck in. So I don't think most people, probably half the people didn't see. I was here. I was sitting right over there on those steps. You can't even see the steps over there. And I began to pray. I could feel the power of God moving. One of the ancestors around the platform, and they uh they begin to speak in tongues. As they speak in tongues, I knew that I had the interpretation. So I stood up and I prophesied a word, and I want to I want to share with you this word in its entirety. I didn't do it on Thursday, but I'm to share it with you today. Is that okay with everybody? I want to share this word. So this is what came from the Lord on September twenty-seventh for make my plan says the lord and even i hold the scrolls in my hand and what i do i do not what i do i do and i do not confer with flesh or blood says the lord for i will set up a government and topple a government if i please for i have already set it from the annals of time and times before time says the lord for this is that time that i'm going to even rend the heavens and i'm going to pour out my spirit in an unmeasurable fashion The Lord says, even tonight you've prepared your hearts and you have even prepared your families. You know not what you've done. You've done more than you think, says the Lord. You've prepared generations in your cry tonight. I've heard your prayer and I've heard your cry and I'm now making preparations for you and your family, says the Lord. And what I do, I do hastily. I do speedily. And I do with great might, great provision, with great joy. For it is my great pleasure to visit once again planet Earth, says the Lord. For I am coming, I am coming, I am coming, I am coming. Say not, I do not come, for surely I come. And I come quickly, says the Lord. For I am opening the floodgates of prosperity. I am opening the floodgates of healing. I am opening the floodgates of more than enough and abundance, and over, in abundant oversupply, abundant supply. And the Lord says, do not get caught in a rut. Do not think that this is a small day. The Lord says, get Your word out there speak and declare and you shall see it come to pass for even this night you have declared unknowingly over this nation and as you have declared i am now sending forth my angels says the lord the angels that are being prepared over this nation and i will cause a toppling of the government says the lord and i will cause a third party to arise says the lord and they will bring peace to the land for surely the enemy has come with great wrath to come and bring great destruction to my church to my people in america but you have caused the tides even this night to flow in a brand new direction says the lord you are my delight and you are my delight and i take great joy in what you've done says the lord for even this night you will see a miracle and i will give a sign in the heavens and it'll go from the east coast to the west coast And the lord says lift up your heads your redemption draws nigh and so i will give you a sign and you will see it says the lord It will bring great blessing to America and your children and your children's children, says the Lord. For I reign as king and there is no other. I will be king over you and I will be king over America, says the Lord. And it is now my time, says the Lord, and I'm drawing a line in the sand. It's either me or none of me, says the Lord. And I know my people are called by my name. They will humble themselves as they've done in the times past. And I am greatly pleased by what my people have done. The Lord says, watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray. For I will do it, says the Lord. Amen and amen. Now, several things in here. The toppling of a government. The prosperity, God says, I'm sending forth. Healing, healing in abundance he's going to bring over the nation um, dealing with judging the enemy visiting planet earth. by the way this visitation thing kind of stuck with me when I prophesied this because I had to go back you know how you wrestle you wrestle with your own theology I'm Like, well Lord you're already, you're already here what do you mean you're going to visit planet earth but there's something significant when the God of heaven decides to put his foot on the earth and we see it in the scriptures and by the way it always brought judgment and blessing so for us as people it's exciting because the blessing's coming but for the wicked it's going to be a very terrible time for them watch and see what God begins to reveal the exposures that are going to come and we shouldn't be afraid of that keep your heart right if my people are called by my name the humbleness of the earth, out here, keep your heart right and um, so I went to the scriptures and sure enough uh, we see this In the time of Sodom and Gomorrah, where God comes down and he views himself, the sin of that city. Nineveh, he viewed it himself. Babylon, he viewed it himself. I have come. Evidently, something's going on in the world system. The governments of men. Not the people, but the governments of men. Not just this one, but around the world. That God says I'm going to shake it and I'm going to expose it and I'm going to topple it doesn't mean that there'll be chaos. It means that those who are in authority are coming down out of authority, and God's about to do something special in the earth. Well, He did He not say I, I prophesied it right there in front of six people. Thank God I put my I hit my recorder. I recorded it. That's how I, that's how I got this. I got, they wrote, wrote it out, and He said, "I will give you a sign." He said, it'll be in the heavens, and you'll see it from east coast to west coast. Surely I will give you a sign. I forgot about it. On a few days earlier, uh, I got a call. I got a uh, message from Monty, but a couple days before that, Bobby Joe was talking about our birthday, so they fall on December 21st. She says, hey, did you know there's going to be the special sign in the heavens, you know, the star stuff, solstice. sign." No, I didn't hear about this. She said, it's pretty, pretty cool. We're kind of special. We're laughing about it. You know, you know, it's significant, but I had, I, my mind wasn't even on anything of a word that I gave. Nothing. But it was in my heart after that. And then Marty said, Pastor, I want to share this with you. Here's the word you gave. Could this be what God was saying about a sign in the heavens? Nick, if you put it up, if you put it up here, Christmas star to be visible for the first time in nearly 800 years this month on December 21st a sign in the heavens that's going to be seen from east coast to west coast that it has not been seen in 800 years that people believe those that study this believe that was the sign that was given when Jesus was born that's where the wise men were looking they were astronomers looking at the stars because they knew something significant was going to happen and when they saw that happen during the season of solstice they saw that those what it is it's the lining of Jupiter and Saturn they come so close it looks like one giant star could it be that that's the sign of this word I think that's a pretty 800 years watch this I got this this morning 400 years the Israelites were in cruel bondage speaking prophetically now 400 years I have a dream about the Mayflower of all things we just passed the 400 year mark 400 and 400 is 800 they both were signs of freedom Feel the Holy Ghost right now, very strong. I think God is taking us to the Red Sea in this moment, and we just feel like we're just like it's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, He's going to open that baby up, and we're going to do what? We're going to go on dry ground so we can what? Be free to worship Him, so that the glory of God—it's not just an American thing. China needs to open up. Iran, The people are in the streets crying for something like this. Japan, um, uh, uh, um, uh, Russia. these They've got Christians that are crying out for a move of God. It's going to hit planet Earth. Another sign blew me away. Nick put it up. Will we really see a comet and shooting stars during next week's total eclipse of the sun? This was in Forbes magazine. I didn't know this on December 14th what day is it today? it's tomorrow there's going to be a comet there's going to be a meteorite shower of shooting stars and there's going to be a total eclipse of the sun on the 14th could that be another sign that we see from the east coast to the west coast A little old Pruitt over here in a corner in a dark spot over here gets a word in front of six to eight people But that's just like the Lord. To give us an understanding of what God's actually doing in the earth right now. He's marking this time for us. Get ready for the biggest move of God you've ever had in your entire lives. Get ready for God to begin to unravel the justice systems that have not been just but that have been evil in the land and evil and uh, evil in other parts of the world. God's about to expose it, and this is our sign. Come on, there's your sign. There's your sign. God's you don't even know that. It's a redneck joke. Anyways, God's doing some great things in the land. Somebody say amen.